this morning. Amen? If he doesn't, that he takes up residence before you leave here today. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you, and, and we've got some announcements we're going to go into. But before we do any of that, I think we should always go to the Lord in prayer. So welcome to everyone that's here. Welcome to those that are watching by uh, live stream as well. Uh, let me just throw out there, too, that we do have the overflow next door. But one of the CDs, the, the new guideline is two chairs. They, they, they said if you can keep a row in between and two chairs between family units. So if there's two chairs between you and the next family unit, praise God. Um, and just work together however you... We're all one family. Amen. I love that. However, <laughs> you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I do come before you and thank you that we can have a place to gather and preach and hear and, and sing and just, just, just listen to who you are and what you are as you pour out your anointing upon us. So I, I pray, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will just pour out your anointing and may we, each one of us, understand that we haven't just come to a building. We came and stood in the presence of our Lord and our Savior. When we leave here today, 
I pray that each one of us will draw a, a little bit closer to who you are, that we have made some decision to be a little bit closer to what you would have us to be. And Lord, if there is someone here this morning that does not know you, for whatever the reason may be, may you speak into their heart, whether they're listening by, by live feed, whether they're next door in the overflow, or whether they're in here, may you speak right directly to their heart. And I thank you, God, that those who couldn't not be here yet today, that you're just as much God here and there at the same time. Just let them know that you are God. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. So God, I just lift all those that couldn't be here, those in the praise team that still have not been able to come back, all those who are, are, are wanting to, to go forth but yet have not um, been led that way. May you just let them know that you love them, that you care for them, that we miss them, and that you are what's going to be lifted and glorified. Father, we lay this service at your feet, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, we're not going to do the walk around, as Chris said, oh, well, go. But we'll do the parade wave. So turn around and tell somebody, it's good to see you in church. Front, holler it to the back. Back, holler it to the front. Good to see you in God's house. <laughs> Amen. All right, if you can grab a seat. We do have a few announcements this morning. One of the things that I do want to point out is the, the, the new guidelines that the governor did, did put forth. We are meeting and exceeding those CDC guidelines, just so everybody knows, by having the, the, the row of chairs in between. And he said two chairs in between family units if we could. Family units can sit together. Obviously, you came together in the same car probably. That's okay. So just that, And we have overflow next door. And we are going to, uh, we are live feed both YouTube, Facebook, and we're broadcasting on 89.9. Or 88.9. 88.9, sorry. 88.9. I know it, I know it. Just want, I have it all week. It's on Sunday that I lose it. Um, just kind of a, a, a tentative schedule of how we're coming back, guys. As, as we, we, just as the country is, is uh, incrementally coming back, so is, are we here at the church. Today, after the worship service, we will live feed our Sunday evening service tonight. Next Sunday is Mother's Day, so it'll, it'll be a replica of today. Sunday evenings on Mother's Day, we do take off so that you can spend time with your mothers, things of that nature. The following Sunday, which would be, so the 10th is Mother's Day. The 17th is we're going to start having Sunday evening services back here at the church. Uh, amen. The reason why we'll have Sunday evening, there's plenty of room to space out and be able to do our social distancing thing for our Sunday evening worship. I will get with John about how to live feed or somebody may have to hold a phone uh, to be able to continue our live feeds. I think our midweek and our Sunday night, we are going to continue the live feeds just because we have people from all, amen. We got people from all over the world that are, uh, there's someone in Poland who thanks me every time we do it that he, they're able to watch. I'm sorry? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we are going to continue the live feed one way or the other. So Sunday evenings we'll be back in here. The following Sunday is the 24th. Depending on what the, the governor says that Monday, my plan right now for the 24th is to be, uh, we'll probably still have to social distance. I hate that word, but I think we'll probably still have to do that somewhat. But I'm hoping to be fully up and running as far as uh, breakfast, Sunday school, church, and everything. So the, the goal is the 24th, amen, unless something atrociously happens and, and 
otherwise, uh, we're shooting for the 24th to bring everything back together. Um, okay, and that's enough on that. The other thing I'm going to point out, we are going back up for a couple of days, some for longer. A lot of us was able to go to Alta Frio this past week and do a lot of work. If you didn't know, they lost all their spring camps at Alta Frio Baptist Encampment. So they're taking this time to upgrade and, and paint and do a lot of things that needs to be done to, to bring the camp back up for campers this summer. At this point, only one camp is canceled for the summer. So what our plans there at Alta Frio is to continue to go and, as, and proceed ahead. Everybody is going to be coming. There's some electrical to do in the nurses station, so I'll be going up there uh, tomorrow. But anyone who wants to go throughout the month of May, they, are, they will house you and feed you to come up and work. Paint, clean. If you've got a trade, a discipline, if you're a plumber, electrician, or, or a concrete worker, anything like that, there's some curbs that got to be poured, sidewalks, things of that nature. So if you would like to come up and work, please get with me. As I said, some of us are going back up there again tomorrow to put in a few days, uh, but you can go up on your own. I know some people went up this past week and stayed the whole week, where I, I just stayed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So that opportunity is there if you'd like to go and help the camp, uh, summer camp. Um, the only other thing I was going to say, on the tables outside, I think since the COVID stuff we haven't been noticing, but the newspaper and the on-mission magazines are out there. Those are, are for you if you'd like to take one home or if you want to sit out there and peruse it and read it, however. But these are for you guys, so uh, don't, I don't want them to go to waste just sitting out there. So if you would, these are out there on the tables. If you see one and like to take it home, that's exactly what they're there for, to take home and read and pass on to the, to the next individual as well. Okay, I think that's enough announcements this morning. I'm going to, uh, Shane, Pat is in Arkansas, so Shane and Pat swapped around, and Shane is the man of the hour now. <laughs> Father God, I do lift up Shane, and I just pray that as we hear Shane, we hear you through Shane. Just give him the words that you would have him to share, and may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Good morning, church great day to be in the house of the Lord. It's so important for, for us to trust in the Lord, especially when it seems not much is going right. Putting faith in the Lord is a great way to set, a great way to get the assurance we need uh, to press forward. We do not know how our lives are going to turn out, but God does, and he will guide us uh, forward in our journeys if we have faith in him. The scripture I'm reading is going to be uh, Isaiah Chapter 26, verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a rock in our times of need, in our, weak, in our times of weakness and need. Thank you for being our rock in our times of adversity and pain. And thank you for being uh, our God, Lord, in our times of uh, when we're high on the mountaintops, Lord. We praise you in all. Um, I pray that you, uh, you know what everybody is going through, Lord. You know each and every one of our hearts. You know what we're going through, our daily battles. Lord, I pray that you give everyone here peace and comfort in what they need. I thank you for our salvation and the precious blood of Jesus that covers us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Bibles this morning, you can be turned to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You're also going to be in the book of Matthew. We're going to, I'm going to ask um, uh, Morgan to start a video in just a few moments, so she'll, she can be looking this video up that I, I gave her just a little bit ago. But as she's doing that, for whatever reason, I felt as though God, I heard a pastor share something just this past Sunday, uh, or excuse me, this past week that I feel like God just told me to share with you guys. But it, it, it was about this cowboy, and he comes into the church, and he's, he's, got, his, he's got a worn Bible, his boots are worn, um, you know, you can tell he's cleaned up, but he's got his cowboy clothes on, and he comes in, and he sits at the church, and everybody kind of moves away from him, and they kind of look a little sideways at him, everybody's dressed in their, in their nice clothes, and got everything going just right, and, and they just look at him kind of funny, and the pastor gets up there, and he preaches a a fire and brimstone type of message and everything's good and everything's wonderful. Well, the, the cowboy during this, he's got his wore out Bible and he's, he's looking at his Bible and he's following along. Well, after the service, the pastor walks up to him and he says, um, I see you must be visiting and new here. And the cowboy says, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, I think what you ought to do is when you leave here before you return, pray, about, pray to the Lord about what kind of clothes you ought to be wearing to church. And, they, and he leaves. Well, the next Sunday, the cowboy comes back in. He's got a different set of clothes, but he's still in his, his wore-out boots and his wore-out Bible, and he's clean, but he, you know, he's just wearing the clothes that he has on. And the pastor gets up, and he preaches and everything. And the service, everybody just kind of gives the cowboy a sideways glance as he's following along in his Bible, and everything's going pretty much just like it did last time. Everybody's just giving him a, a wide berth around him. Well, after the service, everybody's leaving, and the pastor walks up to the cowboy and says, um, I thought I asked you before you came back to pray to the Lord about what kind of clothes you should be wearing to church. And the cowboy says, I did. I did pray to the Lord. And the pastor said, well, what did the Lord tell you? He said, the Lord said, he don't know. He's never been in this church either. <laughs> I say that this morning to remind us it's not about what we wear or what we drive or what anything else. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen? And the songs we sang this morning, He is Lord of heaven and earth. And we can say hallelujah. I don't care what clothes you have on. Please wear some clothes. But I don't care what clothes. We can say hallelujah to that. Amen? I want you to watch this video. This is a friend of mine. Well, actually, he's a friend of a friend of mine. He sent this to her, and she said that she thought I would like it. And, I, and, and God just used this throughout the week. And I thought, you know, I'm going to share that with the church this, this Sunday. So you'll watch my friend here. It's springtime in southeast Idaho. We've got a little bit of grass growing. We're almost done calving. And best of all, it's branding season. So here pretty quick, we're going to start gathering and, and roping some calves. That's the only reason I really run any, any calves at all. So I thought I'd take a second tonight and uh, share a poem I'd wrote called Branding Time. I sat and pondered the other day 
this springtime of year, I tried to figure out why I seemed to hold it so dear. It's the time of year that God rejuvenates and replenishes the land. Best of all, it's time to gather to rope and brand. I've been known to travel this country far and wide, even been known to work for free just to get to burn some hide. I think mostly it's the friends and the smell of burning hair that makes me love being a cowboy and branding in the springtime air. I've seen each owner as they take their time placing their brand with pride, putting their mark on their side, for on their stock for all to see on their cattle's side. Each owner knows that this here mark that's diligently placed upon the skin will one day this fall bring their cattle back home to them again. Then they're turned out to graze in this world to try their hand at living in this wild, mean country just to see if they can stand. God has always loved a good gathering in Brandon season two, and he's always waiting patiently to put his loving mark on you. And the angels have the irons in hand, and they're hot and glowing red to cover you with his holy blood that for you and me was shed. God being the honest, upstanding cowboy we know that he is, would never put his mark on any stock that isn't his. The hired hand angels are there to help you through the trials and strife, to help keep you healthy and strong and pull you out of the bogs called life. I'm proud to pack my master's brand for all this world to know and see that God is my loving master and him in heaven they're waiting for me. Jesus has the great tally book, and he's saddled, and he's waiting at the gate. That's where the strays will be sorted, and the unbranded, they'll learn their fate. But for those that bear his mark, I've heard that it was said, we'll all be rounded up in glory and pushed up that heavenly trail ahead. So look and see whose name is painted on the tag in your ear. For Brandon season's almost over, and the judgment day is near. If you're sick and tired of living out the life of a lonely stray, take God's brand upon you and have your soul saved today. Thank you. I, I asked if he would mind me using that in church, and he was all excited about that we were going to see that. But I thought there, there's such a message in what he shared there this morning. And the more I thought about it throughout the week, the more it, it grabbed my attention. I'm sure most of you know in the early days of this country, and actually even still in Wyoming and Montana and places like that, the, but before there was barbed wire fences and they still turned those cattle out to roam. I know Pat and I was up in Montana and them cows were up in the, I was at 13,000 feet and there was cows up there. I have no idea how some of them cows got up there. They were the tough ones to get up into that height of those mountains. But those cows are all turned out. But every one of those cows have a brand on them, on their flanks, so that when it comes time to bring them in before the snows, each rancher knows whose cattle is whose and whose cattle is not theirs. Now, throughout the years, there's been a lot of famous brands. Just right here in Texas, there was the Flying W, the Rocking Horse, the... um, the running W of the, the King Ranchers. I've seen posters of just the different brands in Texas, and it's, it's actually pretty neat, some of the creativity and artistry that goes in to putting a brand on, a, on an owner's 
animal, just as he was talking here. But also, too, with brands, and that's where I'm kind of going with this this morning, there were cattle rustlers, and there still are. A good friend of Pat's, who owns a taxidermy shop in Montana, it was kind of neat talking to his wife. Here we are in the 21st century, and his wife works for the state of Montana to find cattle rustlers. She checks brands. She goes and, and chases them down. Still here to this day, there are cattle rustlers who will do incredible feats, take a jackknife and, and heat it up just to change a brand just enough to where it looks like somebody else's brand. These cattle rustlers have been doing that ever since we've been, been branding. And if they were caught in the old days, they were executed on the spot. They didn't, they didn't play that game. You didn't, didn't get away with that. Well, what I want to share with you this morning, just as a, my cowboy friend here just said, folks, we are branded. And there is one who's trying to change that brand. There is one who will try to, to steal you away. But every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth wears a brand. One way or the other, we are branded. We are either of the world or we're not. We are, we are either with Christ or we are not. And we are wearing a brand, whether we realize it or not. Now, in what's going on today and everything that's going on in the news, we see a lot of people bringing up the, the mark of the, 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 the Antichrist and things of that nature. That is within Scripture, and, and, and that is a mark that, that's not where I'm going with the sermon. Just understand, when we talk about the mark of the Antichrist, that was going to be something that's easily seen with the naked eye or easily scanned because it's something where to buy or sell you have to be able to have that mark and we're not going to be uh, given the opportunity to buy and sell when it comes to that part of, of of what's going to be happening in this world he's going to make everyone take the mark or you'll be persecuted and you'll be done but remember that he works for satan that antichrist mark is not what i'm wanting to talk about because that's just a visible mark there are invisible marks that we all wear. There are brands that each one of us carries. Satan has tried to put his brand on us, but I would submit to you this morning that God has his brand as well. That when we choose to be a part of God's kingdom, when we choose to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there comes a point where we need to be branded. There comes a point where I remember years ago I was at a youth camp and I love the way the pastor said it. He said, I have sold out completely. I'm completely sold out. In my mind, I was always the kind of person, you never sell out. But yet, he said, I am sold out to Christ. And I thought, what better way to sell out but to Christ? But to sell out to Christ, it's just like my, bro- my brother said in the video, means that now he is the owner. He is the master. He is the boss at the trailhead. He owns us at that point, and he is going to mark us in specific ways. And that's what I want us to think about this morning. I want you to think this morning, before we leave out of here, what brand do you wear, and are you prominently shining that brand so that other people can see it? Now, some people where their, their brand is the marks in their bodies resulting from the service to, to the Lord and the persecution of men. You can think about Paul. Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 uh, that, that he wears the marks upon us, the scars of the disfigurement of the tortures that he had, the beatings that he had, the, the physical pain from being imprisoned, from being shipwrecked, from being snake bit, from being stoned. All the, the times he was left for dead by, by unchristians, all those marks were plainly visible 
on Paul's body. All those marks was, was very clear for everyone to see. In Galatians 6, 17, he said, From henceforth let no man trouble himself, for I bear within my body the marks of Jesus Christ. He was saying, I have shown my faith by the beatings I've taken in his name. Now those are marks that many people have throughout the world. And you might even have a few of those kind of marks. But the marks, the branding that I want to speak of this morning is a little bit different. There are brands that are harder for us to see sometimes. But if we will open our eyes both to our own brands and to the branding of those around us, we can start seeing things. If you remember John chapter 13 verse 35, he says, For you shall know all men that are my disciples by what? By the love that they have for one another. One of the brands, one of the marks of the brand of Jesus Christ is that we will have a true love for one another. Not that kind of love, oh, I love my truck. That's not it. We've become, we've started throwing that word love around so flippantly. It's, it, we've made it to where it almost doesn't mean anything anymore. But folks, Christ, who loved us enough to die for us, said that I will move in. I will take residence within you. When you've accepted me as your Lord and Savior. If that kind of love that was able to go to the cross and pour out his blood for us abides within us, guess what? You're not going to be able to contain it. That kind of love of Jesus Christ is going to go forth. The, the compassion and sympathy of, of God's people is going to go farther and deeper than anything that the world could ever produce. It's going to go farther and deeper than anything any crown of this world could produce. The federal government, with with all its money and all its power and all its manpower, cannot do or did not do what the Christian community did for our little church in our time of need. When When we fully comprehend the grace and the mercy that God has poured out on us, when we fully have allowed him to brand us, then we're going to be able to go forth... And we're going to let others see. We're going to see the gra- they're going to see grace and mercy. There's going to be a difference when you go about. They're going to see that why aren't you just mean, hateful, and ugly, and angry all the time? Because I have a grace and a mercy that I should have made God mean, ugly, and angry. But instead, he said, I love you in spite of your sin. And I choose to die on this cross for you. That grace, that mercy, that love that chose to love me in the midst of my sin now abides within me. It, you almost have to force the brand off of you to be hateful, mean, and ugly at that point. Because you're going to remember what God's done for you, therefore I should do unto others. Hmm. Some places I think our brand is real light there. But we should love one another. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, notice what it says starting in verse 14. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement does God's sanctuary have with idols? For we are the sanctuary of the living God. For as God said, I dwell amongst them and walks amongst them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from amongst them and be separate says the Lord, do not touch any unclean thing and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. 
You know, when those cattle are led out into those mountains and out into those prairies, they intermix, they go all over the place. But when the, call, when the man that comes out, the one who owns those cattle, starts giving those cries, he looks for the brand and he draws his own to himself. He calls them out from amongst the other ones. He calls them out and, and brings them to himself. In fact, what God is saying here, guys, if you want to be my son, if you want to be my daughter, if you want to be a joint heir to the throne of God, if you want to be within my family, then you need to stand apart from the world. As Christians, we need to stand apart from the world. That doesn't mean, oh, I go to church on Sunday mornings. Doesn't mean that you've read your Bible through however many times. Doesn't mean that maybe you've even taught. Maybe you're even behind a pulpit. That's not the brand of Christ. The brand of Christ is that you have decided and have chosen to be different than the world because you want to be as Christ is. And to be as Christ is, people are going to see it. Whether you're in the church or whether you're in Walmart, they're going to be able to, their spirit's going to discern your spirit and you're going to be able to be called out because you're showing the brand upon your flank. He says to be drawn out, be called out from that. There, there, there should be so much difference between us and the world. He says it should be like light and darkness, like Jesus and Satan. There should be no mistaking those who are truly mine with all their heart. People ought to be able to say, that's a son or a daughter of Christ. That, there's something different about that person. If you have to wear the shirt and the, and the necklace for anybody to see any difference whatsoever, I would say your branding's only on your shirt. It's not going to get you into heaven. Well, pastor, you're being kind of hard. I'm not being hard. I'm just saying that the blood of Christ, once it washes over you, is going to change you. You become a new creation. Going to church does not save you. Reading your Bible does not save you. Oh, pastor, are you saying I shouldn't read my Bible? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying what saves you is the blood of Jesus Christ, and the Bible will draw you closer to him every time you look into it. We have to put our faith in him and if you have any doubts whether you're branded as a, as a child of God or not, we need to remember what it says in Matthew 13. You can turn over to Matthew 13. But we need to make sure. If you're here this morning or if you can, you're watching by live view, whatever, Facebook, if you don't know that you know that you know that you have been branded by Christ, if you don't know that you have shown that brand, and we're going to talk about it just a little bit, you need to stop and make sure you get this, these things right. Now, we, we can, you can fool me. We, we, we sometimes turn off our, our discernment. Or maybe somebody is just so good at acting one way or another that, that, that we just don't see the difference. And, and we have a hard time telling the difference between this one who claims to be a Christian and, and the world. Whatever it may be, or vice versa. You can fool me, but we're never going to fool God. If you look back in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, notice what he says here in, in verse 30. Let both, let both grow together until the harvest. Let both grow together until the harvest. Let them run. Let, let those that are mine and those that are of the world, let them run together. However, at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, tie them in bundles to burn them but store the wheat in my barn. In other words, you may be able to fool me, but you're not going to fool God. And when you come out, it's just like I, I, I paid money for these people to come out and hope, I was hoping they would make my yard better because I don't know 
how to make my, you know, I'm not a herbologist or a botanist or whatever it is. And I got all these dead spots. So I paid people money and it went worse. And I called them out. I was like, dude, now I'm the, this is horrid. And I actually paid money for this. And he said, well, I killed all the weeds. I said, well, then give me back my weeds. At least it was green. I couldn't tell the difference between the grass and the weeds. So when he killed everything, I was like, ah, all I got is dirt now. I might not be able to tell the difference between the wheat and the weeds, but my God can. And those he sends to grab up the harvest, they can tell the difference as well. And they're going to go out and he says, those that are not of me, you might have been in church. There may be a gathering right here like this right now when God sends those angels and some are going to go and some may not. It wasn't about being in this building. It was whether or not you were washed in the blood of the Lamb. Because when the rapture of the church comes, when God comes again, he's only going to call those who bear his brand, those who have been marked by his robes of righteousness, those that are covered by his blood that have been made heirs to the throne with him. Those are the only ones that are going to get into glory. The rest are going to be thrown away. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 49, it says he's going to send forth his angels and he's going to separate the wicked from the righteous. God knows who is and who is not his people. You may be able to fool me, but guys, there is not one foot of any sinner going to get into heaven if it hasn't been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Well, you're being obstinate, Pastor. You're being narrow-minded. There is only one way to the Father, and Jesus said it's through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Well, you mean, what, what are you saying? I'm saying that the blood of Christ, there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood, but there was the shedding of Jesus Christ's blood, the only blood that was worthy of washing away the sins of this world. And he said, if you will partake of this, I will give it to you freely. But everyone else who doesn't, they're going to be identified with Satan. And they're going to remain right here on earth with the kingdom of the devil. And, and, and when the judgment comes, goes right along the same lines as everybody else. Sure, one day every knee shall bow at that throne, but they're never going to get to the other side. But I'm a good person. I, I, I hung out with the right cows. I walked the right mountains. I ate, I ate some grass with them. I, I, you know, I, 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 I hung out with the right people most of the time don't have that brand of Jesus Christ, you're not getting in. Period. You have to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. In Matthew chapter 25, go back to, just go forward just a little bit here. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will gather before Him and He will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So we see that he's going to separate the wheat from the tares, from the weeds. So we see that he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Now I want us to look at this just a little bit this morning. And when another thought that came to mind, I praise God for my brother that, that shared this up there, but one of the things, one of the thoughts that also came to mind, praise God, we have a shepherd rather than a cowboy because a cowboy leads the cattle to slaughter where the shepherd leads his sheep to, to the shearer and shears off the heavy weights that are upon them. Amen? 
The cowboy wants to eat what he has. The shepherd wants to spend his life with what he has. So the problem here, or not the problem, the main thing I want to make sure we understand is we need to decide right now. We need to look at the branding on us. Am I a sheep or am I a goat? And y'all don't need to answer that about me. I'm saying for, for ourselves. We need to stop right now. I, have been around, I haven't been around a whole lot of sheep, but I've been around enough. I've been around people who've raised sheep. And I know that there are some obvious differences, but yet when it comes to us as people, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the sheep and the goats. So I want to make sure that we, we can look at some of the obvious differences so we can look at our brand. This is our brand. Am I branded with Christ? Am I following what I need to follow? In other words, if I was a sheep, then I'm going to recognize that I have fleece, I have wool. You see, with sheep, if they are not trimmed annually, if, if they allow their wool to just continue to get thick, it'll get matted with mud, it gets heavier, and it gets heavier, and it gets heavier. And if you don't shave that sheep, eventually that sheep gets to where he cannot function anymore. He's weighted down by all this stuff that's been piled upon him. Folks, it is the same way in our lives. As God's sheep, we have to lay aside everything, every weight upon Jesus Christ. When we come to the Lord with the sin that's weighting us down, he will shear that off. And we can have, live with victory. We can live with joy in our lives, even when everything else is going bad around us. Even though the rest of those are getting weighted down and don't really have a life and they're crying and they're moaning and everything is, oh, poor me, we can hold our head high and we can know that we know that we know that victory awaits us because we've been sheared of all that weight. All that sin's been taken off because we have a loving shepherd. We don't have the devil as our head. We don't have him as our father. We don't, he, he doesn't care about us. My shepherd cares about me. And he's going to keep me sheared when every time I go to him and lay it at his feet, every time I lay aside all these worldly things and put it at his feet, every time I, 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 I take that besetting sin and take it to that cross, he's going to cleanse me with his blood. He's going to wash me and make me clean. And it, it may be daily, it may be hourly, it may be minutely, but when I go to the Lord, I know that I have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, and I can stand with my head high and a smile on my face, not because of my self-righteousness, I'm just a sheep, but because of the shepherd who sheared me as I needed to be sheared. That's the difference. That is a big difference between the sheep and the goats, the goats don't know. They just keep on wallowing in it. But when we consistently and constantly go back to Jesus, when we consistently and constantly go back and kneel at his feet and confess our sins, he will take those away. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, when we will go and profess our sins before him, he is faithful and true to, remove, to, to wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, every time as a sheep I go to him, he will shear off all that nasty wool. And I can be free again. And I can walk. And I can talk. And I can be. And I can do. And I can step where I'm supposed to step. Without being so weighted down. Sheep and goats also sound different. I remember going over to the Collins house all the time. And they had the sheep and the goats. And you could hear a difference. And I always made sure I listened for that goat. That goat was ornery. The goats were mean, amen? But there is a difference in the language between Christians and those of the world, guys. There's a different way that we speak in the, in, in the words that we use. 
We, we as Christians, as marked by God, we're not using the same world, world's vernacular. We as Christians that have been marked by God tend to walk forward and we start talking about faith. Our language starts changing rather than being all about me and what I've done. We start talking about trust and worship and an almighty God. We start lifting up a heavenly savior in our conversations. The world don't care about that. The world wants to talk about my truck. The world wants to talk about my new rifle. The world wants to just talk about what me, 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 and I, I, I did. But a Christian, the one who's been marked, who understands that my truck or my rifle or whatever, my new motorcycle, whatever it is I have was given to me by the Most High God. And all that can go away. And I still have my Most High God. And for that reason, I shall praise Him. When we have been branded by God, we love our, our master. We love the one who's taking care of us. He's going to feed us. He's going to wash us. He's going to trim us of our sin. He's going to bring us into that heavenly place one day. And for that reason, my language changes from the me and the now to the divine God and forever. And we start talking more and more about these songs or that songs or this book or that book. And we start talking more and more about how we trust an almighty God. Rather than praising ourselves and what we hold dear. That's a big difference. When the world starts seeing that brand upon us, they're going to start saying, oh, he's one of those Bible thumpers maybe. He's a holy Joe. He's one of those that just listens to Caleb. He's one of those that just listens to Air One or something. He's one of those, that, oh, if you go talk to him, he's going to bring up God in that conversation somewhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying you beat everybody over the head with your Bible all day, every day. But those who are branded by him, sure, you can talk a regular, normal conversation, but you're always going to come back and you're going to say amen or praise God. I remember I was speaking at a commencement address at, at the college, at San Antonio College. And I'm up there and I'm thinking, okay, I got all these professors along the back row. I got all these students here. They've asked me to come and give this commencement address. And I'm giving this address and almost like preaching, I was getting into it. And I started sharing. And I did something. I went, amen? And everybody just, oh. Got real quiet. And I'm like, oh. Oh, well, you can't hide it when it's there. And I went on with the rest of my message. But when I got down, I'm thinking, they're going to castigate me for, for throwing out that amen in the middle of a commencement service at a college. But, you know, I had several professors come up and say, thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's been so long since I heard something like that from a pulpit or from a lectern. And I was like, oh. And not one bad word was, I mean, I didn't, maybe they were said. Nobody said anything to me about that. But those words and that knowledge of who's really in control, when you are truly wearing his brand, it's going to come out. You're going to go forth. It's going to show itself. Because why? We take on the characteristics of our Father, the Bible says. So if your Father is of God, you're going to can't help but speak of your Heavenly Father, just as Jesus spoke of His Heavenly Father. If, you're, if your Father is of this world, then you're going to be speaking about worldly things. What comes out of your mouth is who's leading you in this walk. If your brand is always talking about worldly things, I'd, better make sure, I'd check that brand make sure that that the cattle rustler there didn't move it around a little bit. Now, there's another thing that's different between sheep and goats, and I was praying about this this week, and a, 
in one aspect, I thought, well, that's not really fair, but it's true. The more I'd study myself and the more I, I talk to other people and such sometimes, if you look at any studies that have been done with sheep, they're not the brightest characters on the planet. In fact, they, they can be kind of dumb sometimes. And I thought, when I was thinking about that, I was like, Lord, that's just not very fair, but... And I love sheep. I think sheep are cute. But if you look at studies, it talks about how dumb sheep are, that if you put them in a maze, a goat or even a mouse will find his way out of a maze. But the only way a sheep will find his way out is by blind luck or running through the wall. He never uses any deductive reasoning. Sheep are not the smartest creatures out there. And I'm thinking, but God called us sheep. But yet, I think, and the more I prayed about it, the more I figured it out, I think that there's a reason for that. It shouldn't be surprising to us. In Luke chapter 16, verse 8, Jesus says, And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Well, why would he commend the unjust steward? Well, the next half of that verse says, For the children of this world and their generation is wiser than the children of light. Wow. The children of this world and their generation is wiser than the children of of light God's just admitting it he's saying yeah you know sometimes these Christians I give them the book of wisdom I give them my word but they don't use their wisdom very often now why is that I I tend to think whatever the reason may be I think it's maybe because we so fully rely on God to take care of us that we just don't concern ourselves with the events that are around us but guys nowhere in the scripture does it say that we have to be dumb I think we've been told that sheep are dumb so I just got to sit here and be dumb No. In fact, he tells us to study, to find ourselves approved. We should be gleaning wisdom every day. Sure, trusting the Lord is wonderful, and we need to. That sounds great, but it should never be an excuse for not using the wisdom God has given us in his word and the brain that he's put in our head. We can still be sheep and wear his brand and go forth and be intelligent about what God tells us to do. I think of the old story, I'm sure you've probably heard it, where the the, the man is, the flood is coming and the car pulls up and says, hey, jump in, I'm going to take you to safety. Now I'm going to wait on God to save me. Water comes up, he sends a boat and the boat gets there and says, jump in the boat, I'm going to save you. Now I'm waiting on God to save me. The waters get higher, he gets on the roof, a helicopter comes. Says, jump in the helicopter, I'm going to save you. Now I'm waiting on God. Well, he drowns and he goes before God and he says, God, why didn't you save me? He said, you know, I sent three different people to save you. If you didn't have enough snap to get in one of those three, it's better for you to be up here. God gives us wisdom. But if we choose not to use it, then we're just one of those dumb sheep. We need to take the wisdom that God has given us and use it out there and, let, and use the brain that God has given us to watch for that enemy. He says, be aware, for the enemy is prowling the perimeter like a roaring lion looking to seek who he can devour. Folks, goats are mean. Goats are mean. The the goats are those who are looking how they can fight somebody. The goats are always looking for how to tear things down. Goats like to fight. Where sheep, sheep tend to, sheep, sheep don't like to fight. Sheep are very skittish and they will run. Their instinct is not to turn and fight, it is to run. And God is saying, be very careful. Watch what you're doing because these goats are out there. You know, 
I remember Mark's goat, he would stare you down. And then he would run into you and knock you over anyway. If you turned your back to him, it was all over. The enemy does that as well. He is looking for those sheep that are not protected. Those sheep that may have put a brand on them but have walked away from the shepherd. Folks, we need to understand that, that Satan wants to make us run. Satan wants to make us go from, from, from pasture to pasture. The devil will come in and he'll cause a little dissension in the church. And if that sheep does not stand its ground and, and trust the shepherd to protect him, if its sheep does not put its faith in the heavenly shepherd, he just bolts, he just runs. And he takes off for another pasture, a dead, dead run. And it, what happens, rather than standing and fighting and letting the shepherd fight for him, he continually runs from pasture to pasture to pasture to pasture, always looking for that greener pasture. I think it's one of the devil's favorite games to make Christians just keep on running. Go from church to church to church. Because as long as they keep running, they're never growing. Or maybe they'll find that one pasture where it sustains them a little bit, but really they're withering on the vine. And Satan's like, ha, I did my duty. I did what I wanted to do. When in reality, what we should have done is listen for that voice. Because I speak with the Savior, the Savior speaks with me. I can still hear that still small voice. And when the devil comes in, he's seeking whom he may devour. I'm going to use the wisdom. I'm not going to be a dumb sheep. I'm going to be a smart sheep. I'm going to start using the wisdom of discernment that he has given me. I'm going to start realizing that my Heavenly Father, who shears me and keeps me pure and keeps me clean, he's going to direct me and lead me. And when the lion's roars or the dissension comes to try to make me run, I'm going to listen to the Father because the Heavenly Father is my shepherd. And the shepherd knows what pasture I'm supposed to be in and the shepherd's going to lead me to a pasture and you know what's really good about when the shepherd leads his sheep to the pasture that's David he he didn't mind fighting Goliath he'd already fought lions and bears and everything else he's going to protect his sheep Jesus when he puts us in the pasture that he's called us to put me in we can have faith in him that he's going to protect his sheep to be where he's called them to be as sheep when we truly wear his brand then I am going to go forth, I'm going to act differently. I'm going to speak differently. And I'm going to trust him as he shears me and cleans me and makes me what I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to be able to sit in the pasture and eat the word that he has given me. Because you see, sheep will eat that green grass. They need that, a goat will eat anything. I go to Mark's to pull the shirt right off my back one day. They'll eat anything. And they, and, and, and they just don't get healthy where a sheep will eat and get fattened up and grow the best full wool god's going to lead us to the pastures where we're going to grow he's going to lead us to the pastures where we're going to see the word of god written he's going to lead us to the pastures and the devil's not going to like it the roaring lion the enemy is going to be circling around and we have to decide am i going to be branded with god's sheep and watch out for the enemy or am i going to hide that brand and go out and sneak around with the enemy? Or maybe I've just never been branded at all. In Philippians 4, 8, Philippians 4, 7, we quote that all the time. May the peace that surpasses all understanding be upon you. But you know how you get that peace? We forget about Philippians 4, 8. God tells us that, that, that he wants that peace to be upon us. But in 4, 8, he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever, focus yourself on whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
Whatsoever things are of good report, whatever things that have good virtue, whatever things that have any praise, put your focus on these things. You know what that's telling me? I don't need to run out and eat with the enemy. I don't need to run out and eat with the wolves. I don't need to run out and eat with the world. I need to focus on everything that is of virtue. I need to focus on everything that is of good report. I need to focus on things that brings forth praise. And when I focus on the things that are bringing forth praise and virtue, the enemy can yell, scream, and and, and do all he wants to. I am going to be able to walk with victory because I've been sheared, I've been cleaned, I've been cleansed, and I can walk and know with discernment because I'm not a dumb sheep. I've been walking and studying the Word and getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And pretty soon my brand is showing brighter and brighter and brighter. And the world's going to see and say there is a difference in that person. And when they say, how come you're not all bent up and scared and and hungry and and frightened and and sick and whatever it may be in the world? Now, I'm not talking about what we're going through right now. I'm saying throughout time, since Christ has come, when the world says, why are you different? We can stand firmly and say, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and you can come in as well. He'll put his brand on you and strengthen you as well. Oh, I'm sickly. I've been in a hole. I've, I've... I've ran with the world for so long. Yes, but there's going to come a day when God's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And the difference between sheep and goats is how you're branded. Have you taken that mark? There's a lot of things in this world that I would say is unfit for human consumption. But praise God, he's given us his word. And we can look to it every day. And that's what's going to change within us. That's going to put within us a heart of righteousness. When he puts that brand upon us, guys, he's putting his blood, he's putting his righteousness upon us. And the sins of the world are washed from us. Our desire is going to be to serve and please our Lord Jesus Christ and stay as far away from the world as we can. We're going to start saying, rather than what can the world do for me to make my life better, I'm going to start saying, Lord, what can I do for you to make the world better? When I am his, I'm going to start saying, Lord and Savior, where, what, how do you want me to be your hands and feet today? Well, go talk to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Oh, Lord, do you know who they are? I know who they are, but now look at them through my eyes. For the time is coming, as the, the gentleman in the video said, the rounding up is coming near. The judgment day is coming close. And he's checking the brands. So the question this morning, we all have a brand on us. But I want you to stop and think about it. What does your brand show? What brand do you carry and can others see it? They should see it in the way you act. They should see it in the way you speak when you praise. They should see it that you choose to follow the Lord and stand in a pasture and study and eat the word of God when he tells you to. Now Satan's going to try to change that mark up. You may have accepted him a long time ago and you think you've ran so far that God will never take you back. Once you're branded, you're branded. Satan may move it around, but one day God's going to execute the rustler and you're going to still be his. Where are you this morning? I see a whole lot of people who claim to be Christians that appear to be more like goats than sheep. And if that's you, that's no judgment from me. 
I would say that maybe the devil has, has stolen some from the sheepfold and, and they're just not smart enough to find their way back home. But my God is calling. And if you will listen, if any man has an ear, he will hear my voice. If you will listen to the call of Jesus Christ, he will bring you back. He'll clean up that mark and tell you he's calling you back to his pasture. So this morning, guys, bottom line, the question is, whose mark do you wear? What mark do you wear? How has it been changed? It is a whole lot easier to get out of the way of the righteous into the ways of the world than it is to get out of the ways of the world and get back into the ways of the righteous. But isn't it great? We serve an incredible shepherd who will lead you that way. So the question this morning is between you and the Lord. Does God recognize your brand? Is he going to pull you into his pasture when he comes again? When he sends his heavenly host to divide the, the wheat from the tares, to divide the sheep from the goats, are you going to stand before him and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, on his right? Or depart from me, you workers of iniquity, on his left? Oh, but pastor, I've been to church my whole life. So? I read the Bible. I've taught Sunday school. Where's your brand? Are you washed by Christ or are you not? The rest of it is superfluous. The rest of it just comes. You'll either act like, the, like Christ or you'll act like the world. Where's your brand? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer as we all stand. I want you to think about that this morning. Maybe you didn't hear a word I said. Then remember the poem that that cowboy shared with us. Just as the owner of them cattle are going to round them up before the winter, God's going to round up all his children before the judgment. And the great thing is, when he brands you, things are going to change but rather than smoke and burning hair as he talked about, you're going to have the peace and the joy of a, of a mended heart. Where are you this morning? What brand do you wear? Father God, I do come before you this morning. And I thank you for this opportunity that we can gather in your house. Thank you for allowing us the, the wherewithal to be able to figure out that we have been branded. That we do have obvious things to point out to ourselves and to the world, that we are yours. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will open the hearts and the minds of everyone that's here today. May we know that we know that we know that we serve a risen Savior. And if there's someone here today that realizes and recognizes maybe their brand is not yours, there may be somebody watching today. There may be somebody watching just looking to make bad comments and they're fully of the world. May you touch their heart and prick their heart and let them know that you love them just as much and they, you will give them your brand if they let you. Father, may you talk to the hearts of us. May we hear your voice. And if we are already yours, show us how to let that brand shine even better. And may your will be done, Father. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.
as we sing this morning, if God's speaking to you, this altar will be open. I'll pray with you. You can pray right where you're at. But will you check your brand today? Maybe some of us in here need to dust it off a little bit. Maybe we need to go to the cross and say, Lord, my, my sin, my wool has covered it up. Will you shave it back off for me today? Make me yours, God. Between you and the Lord this morning, Chris.
Give God the glory this morning. Amen. Just a couple of things before we close this morning. One of which my brother just shared with me. I quoted 1 John 1.9. He said, don't forget 1 John 1.7. Is that if we are branded, we should let our light shine. Amen. Amen. Let that brand shine. Don't be ashamed. Let God share it off and let it shine. Amen. Also, before we go, Renee, you want to come up? Renee is coming this morning. She knows Jesus Christ is her Lord and Savior. She has been baptized. And uh, even in the midst of all that's going on, she said God has touched her heart. And she is wanting to move her membership and become a part of this church here with us. Isn't it? Amen. So everyone in accordance with that, say hallelujah this morning. Amen. Well, you know, we'll put you to work now. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I usually would say make sure to give her a hug after this. However, when y'all go outside, whatever y'all do outside, but in, you know, whatever the Lord's laid on your heart for social distancing, do, do the wave, but praise God for our sister. So anytime Renee's face crosses your mind this coming week, remember that, that she has made a decision, a choice to step out. And that always aggravates the enemy and puts her on his radar. So if she crosses your mind, lift her up in prayer. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Renee. Praise the Lord. Well, guys, let's continue this week. Go wherever you're going to go. Let your brand shine. And praise God for every day that he's giving you the opportunity to lift his name. Amen? Amen. Brother Ray, will you close us in prayer, my brother? I said... In class, not everybody can be a sharp-dressed man. Brother Ray's always a sharp-dressed man, amen? (laughs) Look at you all sharp, and I got Bugs Bunny. (laughs) I'm going to bring my flip-flops next Sunday. (laughs) Candy, you do a good job dressing them.
Good, good time.